Welcome back. I'm here with David Flynn. Today we're going to talk about an anthology put together regarding the Ukraine conflict. I'm going to let David explain all the mechanics, what it's called, how it came together, the full story. But welcome back, David. And uh, why don't you just get us started and talk about the anthology? Okay. Um, Well, the anthology is uh, called Building a Better Future, um, which we have um a uh copy of there um it's uh an anthology that was put together uh by a, a group of writers um the uh with all proceeds from this going to the uh, uh red cross uh appeal for the reconstruction of uh ukraine uh it's the ukraine appeal from uh, DEC, um, Disasters Emergency Committee. Um, uh, it that's the there. Uh, what what the book is, how it came into being. Um, we have to cast our mind back all the way to early February, um, when the uh, late February when the invasion happened, and if one uh, recalls, then. There was a lot of media attention and concern over what was going on. Um, I and a number of other uh, uh, writers uh, on uh, a historical forum uh, were uh, talking about this in terms of what on earth can we do to help? There must be something we as write, uh, writers of historical fiction can do to help this and we were stumped for a while eventually we had someone came up with the idea we're we're historical writers why don't we write um a book and uh the proceeds from the book going to um the uh, uh the appeal that was where the idea came out along it was fairly quickly worked out that however the war would turn out, and right back in late February, early March, um, things looked very different to what they look now. Um, it looked like um, it would all be over and done and dusted in a month, and the important part would be rebuilding Ukraine after whatever had happened had happened. Um, and by the way, the the consensus at the time was that not that you, Ukraine would repel the Russians, it would be that the after the Russians had kind of achieved their objectives, yeah. then, yeah. Yes, um, yes, the, 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 the general feeling was that um, weight of numbers, Russia uh, would win, impose whatever settlement they chose to uh, impose, um, and would then... That then would be the process of rebuilding the uh, uh, place up. Um, so the concept of working for reconstruction um, was foremost in our mind. Hence the title, Building a Better Future. Um, if, if you're going to build something, you may as well build something that is better than what you currently have. Um, you, you, you've got to do that. So we put together 
um, that concept. Um, I run a book publishing company. Um, it's, it's mainly historical, well, it's not mainly, it is historical fiction for children and young adults. But because I ran a book publishing company, and because previously, before I retired, um, I'd been uh, involved in, uh, I was an editor of trade press magazines, and I was used to working on tight deadlines. And the one thing that we felt was that this had to be produced in a hurry. Okay, we were innocent in those days. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it was the, this has got to be done very rapidly. So um, the, the idea came together and I uh, 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 earned, the decision was made, we will do this on March the 6th. Um, on March the 23rd, the book was published. So 17 days, start to finish. Yeah, that's um, extremely fast. That, it, it, it's ridiculous. Never again, um, or at least never again at that, that speed. Um, I, was, I was in the fortunate position that I could basically drop all the other projects that I've been working on, concentrate on doing this. Um, we got uh, put out contacts to uh, people and let them know what we were doing. Can you write a story for us on this theme uh, uh, to go in here? Uh, we ended up with 12 authors and 13 uh, stories in the anthology, some directly related to uh, Ukraine, some uh, a little more uh, tangential, but all with the theme of building a better future. Um, it, it, yeah, what's what's creepy about it is uh, so one of the stories in it is is mine because I had I had written two stories about Russia Ukraine long before any of this happened, which is a little odd that I would have <laughs> things that yeah. specific in my repertoire. But uh, tell us a little bit about the stories and um, kind of the variety that 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 are in there and the authors, too. Certainly. Um, uh, well, the, uh, it starts off with um, uh, a story called Firestarter by um, Matthew, uh, Matthew Cressel. Um, I have no idea how the name is pronounced. I've only ever seen it written down. So if. Um, is uh, listening and I got it wrong, my apologies. And that will apply to a number of others. Um, <laughs> but Firestarter is essentially it's taking the 1960s uh, thing where the problem wasn't global warming, but uh, global cooling um, mm -hmm. and sort of ice age coming. And how do we uh, prevent this? And it was a 1960s style solution, which was effectively sending a uh, rocket to uh, uh, Jupiter to uh, create another star um, in the system to add to the heat to prevent um, uh, climate change, uh, to prevent climate change ice age rather than uh, global warming. Um, and it's, it's very 1960s SF type uh, uh, approach of uh, doing it 
And of course, um, the closing music uh, on the piece is um, uh, Holst's uh, Jupiter um, uh, 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 from the uh, Planet Suite. Um, <laughs> uh, from there, you know, Jupiter saves the Earth um, uh, by uh, 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 brave Earth uh, astronauts turning it into a sun. Um, <laughs> Which um, uh, was was there, but uh, pre preventing climate change, building a better future. Um, the second story, Dennis Fike, um, uh, his uh, 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 Ukrainian Canadian, um, and he wrote basically a historical piece about the uh, Holdemore, um, explaining the starvation. Uh, of Ukraine uh, during the Soviet era, um, uh, there and basically just giving the background of what had what happened, um, uh, giving the background to how uh, how Ukraine came to have its uh, first suffering uh, uh, in in the modern era from uh, uh, that. Um, a purely uh, factual piece. Then we have um, Jared Kavanagh um, uh, writing uh, Assignation. This is an alternate history uh, view um, uh, set in uh, World War II uh, or post-World War II where um, for uh, reasons uh, Adolf Hitler had been uh, killed, and uh, you were now in the police state, and the Nazi uh, police were seeking out uh, uh, homosexuals, and this is a, um, a case of someone um, dealing with that situation. I'll not go into too many details about the hows and whys and what happens uh, for reasons of spoilers. Um, but it's, um, it's, it's a fascinating little um, hunter-prey uh, piece. Um, uh, then we have a piece by a chap called David Flynn. Um, uh, thank <laughs> you, Mr. Holmes. Um, uh, uh, I, I basically took a building a better future. Well, um, a, a better future for some isn't necessarily a better future uh, for all. Um, I'm a great fan of the Sherlock Holmes stories, as is evident from the title. Um, but one thing I have noticed is that they are very middle class uh, based. They are aimed for a middle class audience. It's all about um, uh, that level of society upwards, and yet he employs the Baker Street Irregulars, who are ragamuffins from the East End of London. Now, I'm from the East End of London. Um, I, 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 I know this, and there are certain things that... Um, basically don't quite gel um, insofar as, you know, they're Baker Street Irregulars from the Victorian era, they're um, East End gutter scum, 
they would have had rickets, they would have had um, short lifespans, they would have all the rest of it. Um, and Holmes and Dr. Watson, doctor, a medical doctor, never remark on the rickets, the problems or anything. They're just convenient um, players to, to come along, to give the information and to go off. And neither Holmes nor Watson show the slightest concern for <laughs> the irregulars. Um, and by now, this is uh, set it sort of right at the end of Holmes's career. He's now retired to Sussex, and the Baker Street Irregulars are pissed off, and effectively, they're planning on starting uh, class warfare in order to, to get their just desserts. Um, <laughs> you know, they've been uh, uh, shut upon by society for all these years, They've had enough, they've uh, seen it, and they know how to do this. And eventually they've, uh, it, it closes with the, and we're going to start on the 28th of uh, June, uh, 1914, which as readers, of, uh, people who know their First World War would know, is the, the day that Franz Ferdinand was assassinated in Sarajevo. Um, so it was left, left on there. But basically, it's the start of class warfare, one group trying to get a better future for themselves, um, which the upper classes aren't going to like. But um, there, we then move on to Charles Murphy, um, who's written a number of things. He's a great comics book um, fan. If there is anything about comics that he know, uh, anything about comics, he knows about it. Um, this story is again; it's an alternate history. Uh, it's uh, set where the EU is becoming a federal state. It's becoming uh, effectively the United States of Europe, as had been the uh, intention there, and it's basically a love story between two people um, who are part of this, who um, on the day that the different countries become this federated state, um, uh, that there's the proposal. And it's basically, it's a romance love story. Um, they're, they're creating a better future. They're coming together as the um, countries of Europe are coming together as one. Um, it's all—it's terribly, terribly. I'm incredibly fond of it, um, but then I'm a sucker for um, uh, that sort of uh, uh, tale. Um, Gary Oswald, um, who does the uh, blog on Sea Lion Press, um, which is basically the articles for that, he's written uh, Delenda S, which. It's basically little snapshots of history of how um, one country in Africa develops differently to how it does and how it becomes a basically a better place, a beacon of hope uh, for places around it. It's effectively a couple of paragraphs on uh, 2,300 years ago this event happens 
and, and then it leads on and you 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 just follow the his how a different history and you get this this beacon of hope in Africa um which is uh, rather nice um Sean Hazlitt uh, um, uh, then wrote um, uh, The Serpent's Wall, which you're probably better able than I am. To... No, I wouldn't know. You're, you're better at, ex I want to hear, I want to hear how you explain it because you're, you're much more eloquent than I am. <laughs> right. Um, basically, this is, this is actually set in uh, Ukraine. Um, it's looking at the uh, difficulties uh, faced in the uh, Soviet era um uh where you have um unpleasant um uh soviets uh i think unpleasant would be a fair description um uh dealing with uh put upon ukrainian uh, peasants um the uh mother of the uh, central character has died but is um had been protecting a secret uh, uh in there the uh, daughter is now following on and is protecting that same secret it's uh the serpent's wall is the secret why they're staying put um and it becomes very much a matter of protecting this secret at all costs. Then the secret starts protecting back. Um, uh, it's a story of sacrifice and self-sacrifice to uh, for the greater good. Um, again, it's one doesn't want to give too much away because the whole purpose of uh, things is to find out. It's one of these tales which unfold, and you say, "Oh yeah, right, yes, that makes it." And it, it it all comes together in a. Um, I'm going to embarrass you now in a in a, a terribly way. It, it you you feel I should have spotted that so many times throughout because the clues are all there. Uh, it's the you read part. Oh right, yeah, I was told, um, <laughs> and it's it, it's it, it, it's perfectly paced. Um, it's a perfectly paced unfolding story, um, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I, I enjoyed all of them. So, uh, I, I couldn't have. I couldn't have. I'm not very good at explaining my own story. I would have given it all away, and it would have been. Uh, the way you described it was so much more poignant than, and the other thing that I didn't even conceive of is the self-sacrifice piece, which uh, strangely is a common theme in my work. I don't know why it just is. So oh, really? in fact, in fact, in fact, the other story, I think I had, because I had I had sent two stories, but I think this that was the one you chose. The other one has the same thing. Um, it's it's yeah. more overt though, so I don't know what's going on with me subconsciously. But uh, yeah, you're right. That now that I think about it, yeah, you're right. It's another <laughs> another Hazlet self sacrifice story. Yeah, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. This I'm making no, this no worries. Right. Um, yes. Um, 
I, I, I then have a second piece in um, HCI. Um, uh, uh, HCI was an acronym that was used in the First World War, uh, which stands for Heavy Casualties Inevitable. Um, oh, wow. Um, uh, and it's simply um, a series of um, letters from uh, uh, people, uh, two loved ones, um, the day before uh, Passchendaele, the Battle of Passchendaele uh, in 1917. Um, they're, all the people are from the same uh, village, a little uh, village in, uh, in uh, Hampshire, uh, which I know reasonably well. Uh, my sister lives not too far uh, from it. All the letters are based on genuine letters that were sent, but they weren't sent at the set for necessarily from the same time or place. I've taken the liberty of moving the story, moving the letters and adapting them uh, slightly. But the general theme, um, the, the general tenor of each letter are based on real letters that got sent home. Um, and it's basically to try and put personality to casualty figures. I mean, obviously, mm. Passchendaele happens the next day. Um, everyone, every person who writes a letter it, uh, it ends up on a war memorial, a name on a war memorial. But it's very easy for people to say, oh, um, uh, a thousand people uh, were killed here, and it's the, 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 it's just numbers, um, and it's very easy to lose track that each of those one thousand represents a real life with real loved ones around, and um, there are real consequences to it. And what, what, what was the what was the Stalin quote? It was a single death is tragic. A million deaths is a statistic. Yeah, um, yeah. which, uh, as unpleasant a person as uh, Stalin was, is absolutely right. Um, uh, and you, you have to. It, it's very easy, e even now in uh, Ukraine. You see, you hear of um, casualties have been heavy, casualties have been medium, casualties have been light. Um, but what what does it what does that actually mean? Um, and in, in HCI, I try to convey e each one of these. The try and convert these st the statistic into a number of uh, tragedies, um, and uh, uh, the First World War is a great one for tragedies uh, because there's often the sensation of it was also bloody futile uh, sort of 20 years later they that, that it all happened again only more so um uh you had um in many countries effectively an entire generation uh, uh Either wiped out or transformed uh, forever. Um, 
Well, I mean, that's, you know, not, uh, you know, on the, on the Russian side in this current conflict, for instance, like if you look at the population pyramid of like Russian males, it's, it's the, the, the trough essentially of that population, like it troughs. And in that trough, those, you know, that that trough is getting to be more meaningful because those are the the men and women who are fighting this this conflict. Now, not to you know, Putin's one thing; like he chose this war, but there's also a ton of conscripts on the Russian side who are just be, being thrown into the meat grinder. So yeah. you know, many of whom have behaved abysmally in or abysmally in uh, Bucha and other places, but still. You're having an entire generation on the Russian side that's destroyed. Now, I haven't looked at the population pyramid on the Ukrainian side, but there's pro- it's probably somewhat similar. Yeah, um, the uh, and of course on the Ukrainian side, not only have you got the problems associated with the um, uh, those fighting. But also uh, the civilians who are uh, in occupied territory in places like uh, Bucha. I mean, how does anyone who survived Bucha have a normal life afterwards? Um, it's uh, that that there. Are, in terms of rebuilding uh, Ukraine, there's. It's not only going to be the infrastructure, but the, the amount of psychological support that's going to be necessary is mm-hmm. is just mind-boggling. Um, but um, yes, that's so that there are many aspects to building uh, building a better future in there. Um, that's what uh, HCI is trying to do, uh, trying to trying to put a face to the numbers um, there. Uh, B. D. Roberts uh, uh, wrote "The Stranger I Knew." Um, a, 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 a time travel story, a very personal one. Um, basically, a future self comes back and tells the uh, the person things to make their life so much easier, to save them so much heartache and problems, uh, and making different. Basically. An, an older self coming back to impart the wisdom that they've uh, gained from experiences, and it's a very personal, better future. It, um, the you know these things are going to be good. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, interesting things come coming about. Uh, li- live your life um, the way you uh, want to, um, but basically just. Um, being able to advise yourself with the hindsight one has gathered, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, ra- ra- rather uh, uh, sweet. Um, Alec- Alex Wallace um, writes the uh, the Lady of Guidance. Now, Alex is um, uh, part Filipino um, and has had uh, has relatives um, from the Philippines during the. Uh, Japanese occupation uh, there and has some very harrowing stories uh, of there. 
And this is effectively a, it doesn't, it, it's looking at that period, it's not avoiding it happening, um, but it's um, uh, some people saving some uh, from uh, some of the people who, from that uh, tragedy uh, uh, there. Um, and again, it doesn't, doesn't resolve um, uh, the problem. Most of the things that happened historically happen, but some people get uh, 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 saved because of the actions of the central character. Um, uh, Alex feels um, strongly about the, uh, uh, the Japanese occupation, about the various occupations of the Philippines. It, uh, and again, the, the situation with the Japanese occupation of the Philippines and the uh, Russian occupation of uh, uh, the uh, U Ukrainian uh, places that they have occupied, that he can see a lot of similarities um, along there, and he draws draws that out. Um, uh, Sergio uh, Palumbo, um, uh, an Italian who writes um, uh, uh, the notes of an unknown author, um, and basically it's uh, someone comes across. Uh, Notes from a, from an unknown author, which guide him through uh, some uh, pieces of self discovery, um, uh, and it's the it's as though an author is giving him advice. I hadn't realised, but in actual fact, there are strong uh, similarities to uh, uh, the the stranger I know, insofar as it's the being given advice and help. Now, this is, it's an entirely different context and everything, but I mm -hmm. hadn't appreciated that before. Um, uh, but uh, that, that's an um, uh, in, interesting uh, piece of self-discovery um, there. Um, Andy Cook uh, uh, writes uh, Skyborn, which is the... Uh, first portion of a novel. Um, it's it's got airships. It's post-apocalypse. It's brilliant. Um, uh, basically, um, the apocalypse has happened. We're uh, in the but in the first eight chapters, which is what we see in building a better future. Um, we don't know how the apocalypse happened. But it happened. Humanity was badly destroyed. One set of survivors, um, airships and uh, 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 small modular uh, reactors to keep it flow. And basically, they're flying above um, <laughs> uh, the Earth, waiting, waiting for things to settle down um, uh, there. Um, he's actually finished writing the novel now. I'm proofing it, and it's going to be published um, Basically, as soon as I've published it uh, in full through um, Sergeant Frosty Publications, um, my one there. But the, the the first eight chapters are in building a better future. Uh, the full novel 
coming out soon, probably um, mid-October time. Um, but uh, proofing needs to be done, cover art needs to be approved, so timescales to be decided. But mid-October is my best guess. Um, but, yeah, it's Andy Cook who uh, explains science brilliantly. Um, uh, how does an airship work? Um, yeah, uh, you, 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 you've got it all. It's... Um, Young adult adventure. The main protagonist is thirteen. Um, there and it's it, it, it's it, it's great. Um, <laughs> I I I enthuse about everything I uh, uh, there. And the final piece from Siobhan Williams, uh, uh, the survivor. Um, it's basically the story of someone who survives uh, uh, the concentration camps during World War II. Um, and it's the uh, thought processes of survival and how uh, there he eventually, uh, during World War II, he's eventually released when American soldiers uh, come through. Um, it, it's, uh, that uh, act aspect is very um, Band of Brothers-esque um, in, I think it's um, uh, the, the ninth episode where the um, 101st uh, discover uh, one of the um, uh, outlying uh, concentration camps and you get to see uh, that. That's hev that heavily influences um, uh, the depiction. The person who is released by American soldiers, and he always regards the American soldiers that did this as um, angels who came to save him, because who other than angels would come into hell uh, to release people from uh, uh, the devils? Um, uh, Eventually, towards the end of his life, um, the survivor goes across to America. Um, he, he has uh, a name and he, he finds one of the people who rescued him, um, has a reunion with him and with his uh, grandson. And it, it's basically the, um, the, the touching element. Um, you know, okay, there were angels with dirty faces, but in this time and this place, and whatever they were are now, then this is what they were. Um, and uh, he, he buys a lottery ticket. Um, inevitably, uh, he wins um, uh, uh, the prize because you know that's the way uh, these stories uh, go. And amongst the people he thanks, um, the angels and everything. But he eventually he thanks the uh, uh, the Nazi Party uh, for this, and every, uh, the press uh, what why <laughs> oh well they gave me the numbers, and then he shows his arm um, uh, uh, there, and uh, effectively it's the showing the despite everything uh, the indomitable spirit. Um, uh, Humour will always uh, uh, triumph one way or another. 
Um, and it felt that that was the right note to end the anthology on. Um, you know, uh, humour, uh, uh, regardless of what shit you go through, there, there is an end, you will uh, come through, and there are better times ahead. Um, and that, that's, that's a very quick walk through the, uh, the stories in the book. On that note, better times ahead, what are you thinking about in a potential sequel anthology? Right. Um, with, uh, the, there's been talk of a potential sequel, um, and what we're... The initial idea, and it's all set uh, uh, subject to change um, uh, and everything, but it's the uh, looking at... Ten years after, um, okay, we are building a better future. Um, this is what's happening. What what is it like? Uh, ten years, fifteen years, however long. But after the events, uh, after great events and the reconstruction is underway, what is happening? Um, there's one tale. Which is basically, uh, it's a soppy romance between um, two people who have lost uh, loved ones during um, a great conflict, uh, dur during the conflict, and um, of it, it, it's a romance. They um, they 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 support each other uh, through their loss. They come together. They grow closer together. And they have their happy ever after um, amidst the um, uh, this rebuilding. the The premise behind the, this is simply that reconstruction of Ukraine is going to take a lot of time, a lot of effort, um, ten years down the road. It's still going to be um, a thing that is ongoing. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it is uh, that, that, that's the initial problem. We haven't yet got to the stage of having a title or, or anything complicated like that. It's still in the, um, should we do this? Um, part of the uh, issue is it would be very nice to do it. Uh, from a purely cost-effective point of view, this isn't the best way of getting money to the appeal. Um, uh, it, it's, it's more cost-effective just to get people Same to way. donate direct rather than buying. But it's a lot of fun writing these books. Yeah. Um, uh, in the but but but, it, but there's uh, also there's also a personal element to it people are putting their own love and absolutely and ideas into these stories for a greater purpose so it, it so i totally agree on you it's not the most efficient way to 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 raise money but in terms of kind of the overall consciousness and and, and getting people to engage and understand what's really going on it's more effective from a from um, the emotional resonance of of what you're trying to do, which is, I think, in some in some cases, more important. 
Yeah, and um, uh, uh, at its um, most fundamental, um, I can say, well, I donated X amount of uh, pounds to a fund, and it has absolutely no meaning. I can uh, pick up the book and say, you know, I, I, I was the editor of this. This it, it, It's actually real. It's substantial. It's something I can throw at the wall when I'm uh, annoyed with what's happening on television. Um, but uh, it, it, it is something, and it is a creative thing, which, given that the nature of reconstruction is that it has to be creative. It's it is following that theme, um, but yeah, from a purely pragmatic point of view, if the objective is to get money to the appeal, yeah, there are better ways of doing it. But it's a lot of fun, and hopefully, in addition to the funds that it raises, it gives the people who uh, uh, buy and read it pleasure um and uh what uh, you show me a writer who doesn't want to give the readership pleasure and i'll show you someone who's not a writer right um, writers just want to be loved right For, yeah, or I mean, you know or, or read or, 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 or hated i mean sometimes they do it to get some emotion uh that way but mm. They're writing to create something, to create an emotional response. Um, and, of course, some of them, uh, a, a few, I think it was Michael Moorcock once uh, wrote in a dedication, dedicated to my, bank, to my bank manager for constantly reminding me uh, that I need to write more. Um, uh, some people just do it for the money, but um, writers that are worthwhile... You can tell that they love what they're doing. Um, as I've often said, if the writer doesn't love what they're writing, how can the reader love what's doing? Uh, the writer is putting their emotion into their work, um, and it, it, that's the emotion that the reader is getting out. You can play all the clever tricks with words and sentence structure and all the rest but if there's no emotion there it it it, it, it it's just dull uh, it, it it's dead there's you you've got to have a resonance uh with someone now how in terms of getting the word out for the anthology how have how have you been doing that? Have you had a like? Have you engaged with the Ukrainian government at all? Have you engaged with the British media? Um, it's all been uh, terribly ad hoc at um, uh, at the moment. Um, uh, contacted the British media. Haven't yet um, uh, contacted the Ukrainian government. Um, but uh, I, I think it's mainly because um, just at the moment, I think they've got more important things. Uh, to do them, um, uh, they've got to deal with their current problem uh, first. Um, I guess I'm just too shy and retiring. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I would recommend just, uh, I mean, you live in London, right? Yeah. Just stopping by the Ukrainian embassy and just say, hey, I'm trying to raise money for your cause through this mechanism. Um, you know, here's a free, here's a copy of the book. Uh, you know, if there's if there's yeah. you know and anything um, you know, you can do to 
to help me help you raise raise funds just just let me know um no. you should also reach out to the, like the you know various uh I, I don't know if the economist would cover it but um you know you probably reach out to the guardian other you know various news outlets in in the uk it can't hurt i mean you know worst case yeah. worst well, case they'll well, the worst case they'll ignore you but yeah um worst case uh worst case outcome is i end up exactly where i am Right, uh, right. I mean, you got nothing to I, I lose. I cannot lose. Um, there's a lot to possibly gain. Absolutely, yes. Um, I will have to do that. Um, thank, thank you for the uh, marketing advice. Yeah, the uh, ideas, I, the ideas are easy. They're free. It's the execution that's hard. So, as yeah. you know from a former, as a former Royal Marine, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. No. As uh, as soon as my uh, son goes off to university and I've got um, uh, uh, the place to myself, I can um, uh, I, I can uh, take a trundle up to uh, 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 London and see the sights and uh, the embassy and all the rest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just have them have them take a uh, book with them yeah, to university. Um, yes, do, do, donate a book to to, to them. Yeah. Um, Worst case, they can. Uh, worst case is they toss it away and um, uh, ignore the uh, the strange crank. Um, but but I, uh, I would bet you you would get plenty of. I mean, has anybody else, to your knowledge, done something like this? Um, not to my knowledge. And to be fair, whenever I've mentioned it to people, they've all. It's always been, wow, that's wonderful. Um, uh, uh, there. So yeah, no, I really. Really must uh, make make that effort. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to impart to writers and editors out in the world about the anthology or just writing and editing in general? Uh, right. Well, the first thing uh, I would say is um, uh, never, ever, ever try and write uh, uh, produce an anthology start to finish in seventeen days. Um, <laughs> Uh, as an editor, I, I could have I could have told you that I, I take as much time as I possibly can yes, get away I mean, with. I mean, I had a full head of hair back in. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yes, so the the subsequent one, uh, uh, the sequel is going to be much on, on a much more relaxed uh, uh, schedule um, when we've sorted out all the details of. Uh, uh, theme and what have you, um, we'll start to be contacting um, uh, uh, authors such as yourself, such as anyone uh, uh, listening to this, um, uh, if, if they have uh, brilliant ideas uh, for, uh, for a te uh, 10 years on, um, I'm always happy to uh, listen. Um, oops, yeah, um, and again, having a uh, publishing house myself, it's publishing house, it's me. Um, <laughs> um, okay, it's a small publishing house, but uh, I, I, going through the uh, process, I, I, I know how to get things to market, market, getting them from market to people's pocket, you know, that that's another um kettle of red herrings but uh, uh we, we've got there but um and it certainly makes a variation from what what we normally uh produce which is as i say historical fiction for children and young adults 
Um, All right, my friend. It was a pleasure getting to know you for these uh, three episodes and the and these chats. Likewise. I wish I may, wish you great success, uh, and continued success with building a better future and its successor. And I uh, look forward to many such chats in the future. Thank you okay, again. Many thanks indeed. If you enjoyed this video, hit like and subscribe, and I'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.